0: This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, The Cabin in the Woods.
1: Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reid, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one Magnificently Huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently
2: Huge.
0: Welcome everyone once again to the Magnificently Huge podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric will join me to talk about... uh, Well, I don't know if it's a scary movie, but it is October, so Halloween, that means the spooky season, and we're trying to do something kind of thematically relevant, and frankly... One of my favorite dead teenager movies is *The Cabin in the Woods*, so I'm like, "Hey, let's do that for the show." And the other guys were like, "Right on, let's do that for the show." So we're doing that for the show. Hit the uh, timestamps in the show description to find out when all the different topics start, because we got a bunch of the fresh shit where we talk about some new concerts and shows and and movies and stuff that have been going on, and uh, and then we'll get around to *The Cabin in the Woods* and. Yeah, you know how it works. It's a podcast. We've been doing this for years. If you if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it on iTunes, share it on your social media feeds, and if you want to reach out to us, just go to our website, maghuge.com. M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. com. You'll find links to all of our socials there, um, and also a link to email us at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with the show. All right. Strap in. It's
3: going to be a bumpy flight. Welcome back to the Magnificently Huge Podcast, unless you're a member of Hamas, in which case you can go fuck yourself. I'm Eric.
2: (laughs) Yeah, let's not start a thing. Trust me, there are plenty
3: of other people who can go fuck (laughs) themselves, and I'm Brian. Yeah,
2: really. Hey, Brian and Eric, as far as I'm concerned, everyone can just go fuck themselves. Let's just cover the bases today. Let's do it.
3: As somebody who's getting older, I gotta tell you, I'm happy for all this chaos. Cause, like, imagine, imagine like life was going really well and you only had a few more years of life left. Like, imagine, imagine your last day on earth as you like die in your bed of colon cancer or whatever is when the Vulcans land in Bozeman, Montana, right? And everything is about to get wonderful. Wouldn't that piss you off? you've been there for like all of the the nonsense and now everything is going to be great for everybody else fuck that i'm kind of glad everything is falling apart as i'm walking out the door
2: i mean i would be more upset that star trek was real that would be my (laughs) thing but you know that's just me (laughs) welcome to the program we're such a pleasant group of
3: fellows yeah or are we not
2: get off my lawn yeah. <laughs> or, or stay
3: on there because you know the yeah. fallout is coming so whatever i mean i mean we're we're definitely in the the midst of
2: uh that weird time of year where it's like suddenly everything is halloween and then yeah, like the
1: instant october first rolled around what's really yeah. weird is you go to the hardware store now and they've got both the halloween and the christmas stuff up it's right, just right. all up
2: <laughs> they don't care, and what I'm I'm always uh, amused by is that Thanksgiving just kind of nothing. It's like, oh well, right. it's sort of fall related, which falls under the Halloween umbrella, I guess. So uh, somehow Thanksgiving has just become this weird redheaded stepchild. Well, of honestly, the
1: ever <laughs> since, ever since like the, really since the George W. Bush days, but especially since the, you know, 2016, like nobody really wants to do Thanksgiving now. Nobody wants no. to deal with the rest of their family.
3: No, eh, nice. No. But it's also two different I mean, marketing departments. One of them yeah. handles like, you know, the, the, the kids, like it's the back to school guy. Who who has something you know to do right after the back to school? But then there's the guy who markets the food. He's the one who has to worry about Thanksgiving.
2: Mm. I mean, and then it's just pumpkin spice this and that. We've we've done the poll, right, Eric? You you don't mind the pumpkin
3: spice? Correct? I love it. I love it. And I wish that they did more gingerbread though. I miss oh, gingerbread God. lattes.
2: And what what is your stance on the pumpkin spice whatever, Brian? I can't. Remember. I'm. I'm full on against it so again we've covered the spectrum Hooray uh, on on a cultural touchstone (laughs) pumpkin spice just needs to die and it Uh, never needs to come
3: back that's as far as I'm concerned I've had people at work tell me not my current job but the previous jobs tell me I'm a basic bitch because I like pumpkin spice so I'm good with it
2: I think as the decades progress Eric it's very clear that you're a basic bitch and I appreciate that about you right so right (laughs) used to I used to think he's a he's a really complicated guy he's into like Fellini etc. and now he's just tired yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) that was just the the outer show that basic of Eric so it makes you much easier to buy for now so good luck good job well (laughs) I'll
1: tell you what um when we do this show and we talk about all the things we've been watching and doing I'm usually the basic bitch in the segment we call the fresh shit
3: this shit is fresh oh shit that is fresh this stuff is really fresh oh, look what oh he did way there. to dial it in yeah that was <laughs> like, i've had enough of your nonsense stop uh, it we'll be here all day i edit the <laughs> oh show so i'm
1: always trying to make sure we stick to a timer <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: he's the he's Who's the got man some fresh in shit? the background uh I'll go. I'm a basic bitch. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to volunteer first, but yeah, go ahead. I uh, went to a
1: pop uh, concert in a baseball stadium. I went and saw Pink at the Chase Field. Uh, was this
2: by ch- was on a dare or by choice?
1: No, no, it's totally by choice. I mean, she's okay. actually got a lot of good stuff and, you know, I mean, I was still listening to music Does that was know? new at the time. Yeah, she's got lots of hits. Um, i mean i remember
2: when she first came out like the big joke in the house here is i would always turn to my wife anytime one of her songs would come on i'm like that pink is so talented and i would say it like that every single time
1: (laughs) i did i I don't know because when i bought the tickets back whenever the hell i bought the tickets the opening act was pat benatar and the opening act was not pat benatar it was these bands group love and um brandy carlisle brandy carlisle has an amazing voice by the way she's really good um but uh no pink pink makes a hell of an entrance like she comes in on the i don't know what they call like the, the bungee ropes or whatever that she's As I doing say her she's all like
0: up right she's
1: all oh yeah, up, yeah yeah that's like how she shows up yeah. and and she's okay so like at first I wasn't so sure because like she has the backing singers and it's kind of like the story about how Cheryl Crow was a backing singer for Michael Jackson and was singing the Michael Jackson part while he was doing his dance moves and whatever. And there's clearly a backup singer doing that. Um, but, you know, she's flipping around on ropes and shit. And so you kind of like, forgive it. But then, uh, later in the set or really a couple songs in and you know the backup singers kind of back off and she's she's clearly belting them out and then later in the show she's clearly belting it out while upside down dangling from a rope and spinning so props <laughs> to pink like she's she's still putting it's, on a hell of a of an act
2: it's funny because here because I live fairly close to Wrigley field and uh last month or so like Springsteen came through and it was a big to-do but one of the the main streets that we drive through to get to our place when we're out running errands like they line all of the trucks up mm-hmm. uh and for springsteen it was you know that's a fairly large number of trucks as you can imagine but then like a day or two later springsteen's gone and we're driving through and it's like even more trucks we're like what in the hell's going on is there a game no there's nobody here this weekend and then we found out it was pink and we're like oh that must be like 10 trucks just for the harnesses alone so yeah, that's what we figured it was Oh, God.
1: Yeah, no, it's a full-on, and she's got, like, other circus acts. Like, she has this song, I don't know, from one of her newer albums called Trust Fall, but the whole stage is, like, these double staircases, and it's got one of those acts that you see, like, in Cirque du Soleil where people are walking up the staircase, and then they just fall off the staircase and hit a trampoline and bounce right back up onto the staircase. And, like, she's yeah. got these four guys doing it. It's just, yeah, it was, it from a pure spectacle standpoint, Katy Perry still wins in the 2000s East Pop Queen category but from a can still sing it man pink
3: was killing it so so if so 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 if you go to yeah go ahead no i was just gonna say so you 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 would technically say still you went to see music right absolutely (laughs) yes i mean because it sounds like yeah it sounds like like a bunch of uh you know like a multimedia puppet show to distract you from the fact that she's gonna sing get the party started and some other stuff but mostly a lot of a lot of razzle dazzle (laughs) is what we're saying
1: so here i'm gonna bring up brandy carlisle again because she's she's a whole like three-part harmony thing and they actually did like a song a cappella with her band and it was great live and then she came back out and did a duet with pink they did uh nothing compares to you and again really really nice harmonies performed live I go to see the Broadway shows to see live performance too, even though it's super dialed in, right? Like, well, yeah, I don't know. But um, I, I know that Eric's kind of over the live music.
0: <laughs> but <if laughs> I feel like this, me, Eric, it's, if it's yeah, just, just
1: the band on stage and there's no energy, then I think your take is right, which is I could hear a perfect performance on a good sound system at home. Right? It, there has to be something about the live show that is unique to the live show to really put it over the top.
3: Well, I yeah. think that's probably why uh, jukebox musicals are such a thing because it's like, okay, here's that dumb song, you know, again, only this time we've got Broadway actors on riggings and they're going to fly around and they're going to, you know, do stuff. So yeah. You can enjoy yeah. your music again. So, so
1: about I mean, that, yeah. that was my other fresh shit as I went and saw <laughs> Tina, the musical, the Tina Turner Jukebox musical that was touring.
2: <laughs> uh, did they? Did they? What's Ike got, got to do with it?
1: Oh, yeah. boy! So
2: I'm your private dancer, your dancer so from behind I'm,
3: I'm <laughs> expect,
1: Yeah, I'm expecting a glorified <laughs> tribute act, right? But but also with wife beating. Um, yeah,
2: always a selling point for me.
1: Yeah, no Tina the musical <laughs> sucks
2: uh <laughs> how dare you sir it ain't did not, we a pair it, it did not man. help
1: i i hate to be the guy that says <laughs> this but if you look at the playbill there's, there's two women touring you know her trading off nights doing tina turner and we got the understudy to both of them and she it's
2: the chance you take man It did not you take.
1: resemble tina turner much in any way um it was, or or sound much like her, and that that's a real killer. If you're a tribute act, you kind of have to sound like her. And this this one was like flipping between a bad impression of Tina Turner and her normal singing boi- voice. But none of this matters because it's all undercut by the whole concept of the jukebox musical, um, which is we've got all of these songs and we want to apply them to some story. And in and in this case, it's the biography story, but there were they were really stretching so towards the end of the show um her mother dies and we're getting the funeral scene and i cracked up laughing because the song they're singing at the funeral is we don't need another hero and that means that they're singing the word thunderdome repeatedly (laughs) during the funeral scene and no no
2: Oh my God. god. Yeah. But did all the children say?
3: Oh, no, no, the
1: the company did, but but the whole company is singing Thunderdome, and it's the funeral scene, and I can't, I just can't with this thing.
3: It's like, it's like, it's like Moonraker, you know, it's almost a beautiful song, (laughs) except they have to keep saying, just like the moon. The the moonraker
2: knows. Yeah, that's literally every Bond theme, though. It's like, (laughs) it's such a great song, but we gotta throw a Thunderball in there
3: oh, oh god. god i was just but the thing is as you were saying the person doesn't you know it, it is the wrong casting choice for uh, tina turner yeah it's so weird what my head did i was like who would be perfect for that and before i even finished thinking that sentence i was like titus burgess the guy from <laughs> unsinkable <laughs> kimmy schmidt would have been fucking awesome no you know who i think wrong. they should get
2: they should get will Farrell just you know mix it up a little bit <laughs>
3: yeah he could
1: play ike and he could sheet up yeah. titus burgess and it would be yeah. something
2: uh, um so so not a good week with the live theater is what you're saying
1: i'm saying the tina turner musical is is not great and there's a bunch of these jukebox musicals coming this season this this could be a brutal season we'll see <laughs>
2: I mean, you let me know when the Back to the Future musical hits your area. I mean, not I'm yet. Concerned. I want to see
3: it now. You got totally you sold me. <laughs> I want to show up and be like, "Who run Barter Town? <laughs> Master Blaster run Barter Town." <laughs> That's the musical we need.
2: Oh, oh. man! Well, yeah. do you think they'll ever tour the that Aliens musical that that high school did? Like Is that, that seems like thing? a slam dunk. I yeah, like no a idea. high school. Turned aliens <laughs> into a, a musical for their production. I mean they had like you know the 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 cargo uh lifter thing and the whole nine
3: yards and they literally did this like massive uh, oh I thought that was just somebody of- making a funny video like like the no, no. uh the grade school production of Scarface.
2: No, it was like uh if like Max Fisher made aliens uh at rushmore that was literally what it is and i ever since i read about that i'm like i would go see that stage musical i really would <laughs> so just let me know if that ever happens <laughs> uh no
1: no no but yeah don't mm-hmm. bother don't bother with the tina musical folks it's it, you, okay. it's unnecessary at best <laughs> yeah,
3: that was a safe that was a safe bet only now i yeah, think i barely. have to just to slag it
2: all right, Just, yeah. So
3: Eric in the background. Who else has at the stage? <laughs> uh,
2: well, uh, cue the Stomp and Tom because hockey's back. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, it's it's a new season. Uh, a lot of teams have shifted shit around, and there's new players, and uh, we can actually root for the Chicago Blackhawks this year because they got rid of all the players that we were sort of tepid on, and now we're like, okay, cool. So that's what i'll be doing for the next uh nine to ten months or however there's, long that season
1: is is fresh shit i watched hockey
2: i watch <laughs> hockey eh uh <laughs> so it just started it's too early to tell uh how everything's going to shake out so more on that to come but i have been watching the third season of only murders in the building uh and it's it's spotty i think they could have capted it too and we'd have been okay this we could have kept it at one and we'd been okay yeah.
1: it feels like they're pushing it with more murders in the same building yeah, every season I didn't
2: right? mind I didn't mind the second season I thought it was it was a fun winky way to kind of continue the only murders in the building but now we've got the third murder in the building who's this uh, like dipshit uh, actor played by Paul Rudd who has a, a franchise called Cobro where he turns into like a giant cobra to fight crime and uh <laughs> And he's just a, apparently like a giant dick, and he winds up dead uh, during this detective drama that Marty Short's character's putting on. And so it it tanks opening night because he collapses on the stage, dies in the Arconan building later. So then he ha- convinces the producers he wants to turn it into a musical. Uh, it's it's a show called Death Rattle, so he turns it into a thing called Death Rattle Dazzle. And like three <laughs> infant three infant triplets are the suspects uh it's just it just like they're, they're taking a lot of pot shots at, at Broadway in this one rather than podcast so it's kind of fun to watch but I heard that Meryl just,
1: Streep is in this one and she's good
2: yeah she's always good she gets a chance to sing uh which you never see her do often but when she sure. does you're like oh she should do that more um and then Steve Martin gets to do a patter song that becomes a big focal point of the the season as it goes along uh so that kind of harkens back to stuff that we've seen him do earlier and other
3: stuff uh but it's just I don't know it feels something like they like just, that something like that suffers from the Miss Marple syndrome which is after yeah. the third or fourth murder you have to go I think they're killing all these people and like <laughs> setting up yeah, other yeah. people
2: uh, oh the Jessica Fletcher
3: yeah yeah
2: it's yeah murder she wrote murder she totally did it Fucking a that's what that show is about uh I mean it's still enjoyable but it's just a little bit flat compared to the first season especially because it's just they've fallen into their grooves and then they have to figure out ways to create more drama um and whatnot so it's just eh, it's okay it's passable entertainment but it's it's not great uh so only that, minor just... violations
1: of the hoa regulations in the building yes yeah. that's that's the next yeah. series i mean
2: the the best <laughs> part about the entire show so far is like when the when paul rudd's character actually dies because he falls down an elevator shaft uh and they the three main leads happen to be in the elevator when the body's discovered because he basically crashes through the the roof and the one neighbor who's sort of the curmudgeonly one she's sitting outside the thing and she sees the dead body and she just like I mean it just goes you gotta be fucking kidding me <laughs> and then they go <laughs> into the rest of the show it's just a perfect delivery uh but after that it's just kind of home ho, hum, 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 hum. so that's it for the new stuff and I'm really hoping that uh this actor strike gets figured out quick so that we can get some real TV
3: back <laughs> <laughs> Eric yeah i fizzled Uh, out pretty hard there go ahead (laughs) i um well one i've been really enjoying spotify some more i can't believe i haven't jumped on this bandwagon earlier because uh i i I, i'm listening to all this sub pop that i you know had singles for or couldn't buy you know in the late 80s early 90s Well, the actual label
2: sub pop yeah
3: yeah like there's a whole yeah it's like it's all like green river butthole surfers sleety kinney all this stuff that i was like i'd either heard S- of
2: sleety or Kenny. just heard
3: sleeter sleeter canny slider Kainai, i don't know the, i can the, never the say the slider
2: it. cooney yeah yeah
3: the thing is that that area where that street is is near me and it's like i still can't i can't fucking say it i don't know what the fuck but <laughs> um fine. you're fine it's thank you fun. thank you um yeah but i'm i'm really enjoying that and yeah that that it's it is really a miracle of the age if you think about it you what you would spend on a cd like 20 30 years ago is two months worth of this service where you can listen to absolutely everything that's ever been committed to vinyl right unless it's been forgotten i mean yeah but I, i i i don't know it's Fucking awesome! It's way better than any uh you know subscription service like Disney Plus, where you only get to watch their shit. That, I, that is true in terms
1: of like value for streaming services. Music mm-hmm. streaming services are significant. I use them a I lot mean, more. Yeah, yeah. But it's
2: the downside is that like the artists maybe get a fraction of a cent oh, they for don't every listen. So it's <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. I mean whatever, it's whatever. it's like
3: the same reason that the the you know. The, the video services aren't as good a value as that they've sort of capitalized on that and started changing that. Maybe the actors will start getting their due. And once they get their due, maybe all these streaming services will go away. But for right now, all these recording artists are fucked. So, yeah,
1: you know, honestly, I- what the streaming services are going to do is they're going to just recombine into these little bundles and then sell advertising. And it's literally going to be
3: cable television again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like I said, perfect time to be old and about to die. Perfect Yay. time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we really
2: have reached peak uh, a la carte streaming, and yeah. it's just gotten to the point where it's like when they first started talking about it, like, wouldn't that be great? And everyone's like, yeah, I can pick and choose. And I am as soon as they started talking that, I'm like, no, that's gonna suck. That's gonna be terrible because then you have mm. to choose from 500 different streaming <laughs> services in order to find <laughs> anything to watch. And no that was my thinking so there you go yeah
3: there's a great uh, uh, another thing i guess i can promote there's a great youtube video of um some more news is a podcast video show on youtube and they have a show this week uh why are blockbuster movies so not good and discusses the the economics of films and you know why they are kind of the blockbusters tend to suck but one thing to get into i'd never thought of is just how destabilizing it was for studios when blockbuster video stopped being a thing and they couldn't Mm -hmm. count on Mm -hmm. selling videotapes to pay for their movies it's like all of the budgets of movies stayed the same and increased but they didn't have that built-in purchase it's like yeah you're fucked well it's, if that's the well, case it's,
2: it's weird right because when we were kids uh kind of first finding our love of cinema etc i mean you had the cinematic runs in the theaters but if you missed it then you knew well i could catch it on hbo or i could go rent the movie and that's how so many of these movies that are revered today actually found their their niche mm-hmm. but now it's like if, if you don't find the niche immediately with your 100 million billion dollar plus opening weekend then they don't They just disappear. It's nuts. So many movies are just falling through the cracks now. It's it's
1: disheartening. And I mean, COVID also did kind of break it because everybody just sort of decided, you know what, I'm just going to get a good enough setup at home to watch shit on streaming. And now that the streaming window, like what they've been trying to do is sort of consolidate the marketing spend, right? Like they want to the movie comes out on streaming within 90 days of its release in the theaters. It used to be like you know, all of those different six release months. windows, yeah. right? It was like the movie. And then six months later, it was on video. And then another six months later, it was on cable, right? <laughs> and so like everybody kind of got their bite at the Apple. Now it's like, we just want to do one big marketing campaign for the theatrical release and then the VOD and the streaming. And that's it. And that that gives people an excuse to just like not go to the theater. <laughs> It's like yeah. it's, it's literally going to yeah. be on streaming in a couple of weeks like i'll chill i remember that
3: was such a big deal too that the 1989 batman came out on videotape six months after it was in the theater and people were like how is that even possible that's so soon you yeah, like, right, right? yeah. used to have to wait and wait to see that shit again and they did that so that you would actually go to the goddamn theater but then they were like nah videotape money is just as green yeah Ugh oh well yeah so uh, so, so
2: sub pop nice yeah
3: yeah so so a uh, big big fan of uh Spotify while it exists and um like I say it's good to be old because the whole thing is gonna fall apart right around the time I'm dead that's fine uh, fuck you
2: <laughs> well you know it's funny is uh when you say Spotify it makes me think of Joe Rogan's big deal with them and uh
3: Boy, they're not uh, I'm sure
2: well like on Pluto TV like News Radio was one of those shows that keeps popping up now on rotation so I've been watching a few of those and literally the Joe Rogan character from the Joe Rogan podcast is the Joe Rogan character from yeah. News Radio. He's it's a parody so of who
3: he would actually become. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's so weird. Uh but whatever. I
3: yeah. Area 51 I, dude. Area 51. I used to really like be a fan of his and that, but yeah. And, and all of his nonsense, it was always like, okay, I can, it's okay. Cause he's asking questions that are, you know, silly, but asking questions isn't a problem. Yeah. Ask away that he actually starts believing this junk that he starts actually thinking that Joseph Biden has mental decline. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. No, he doesn't. What yeah. is wrong with you? Just, uh, leave he's got Texas. a bajillion
2: dollars now. He's
3: got a bajillion dollars now. That's what's wrong. With yeah, me. and he lives in he lives in Austin, like you know every asshole yeah, does. Yeah, <laughs> um yeah. Oh yeah, and I'm watching uh, the fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. Oh, how is that? You know, it's it's fun. It's not great. It's fun though. I enjoy it. I it's it's a lot of nods to Poe, but it's not actually an Edgar Allan Poe story. It's really Uh, so it's not an adaptation or is it just a loose very loose very loose okay lots of lots of like but like i say lots of references you know like uh i think his daughter or granddaughter is named lenore so it's you know the wrong person named lenore if you're gonna be doing uh Mm -hmm. raven yeah um yeah or it adds a whole
1: creepy layer to it yeah okay yeah yeah maybe we'll go there it it actually let's
3: let's never more go there that's the thing the thing that like may make you not want to see it honestly is i like it because it's sort of what american horror story used to be which was interesting but campy and um yeah it's that it's interesting but it's camp and have you have you read the actual short story Oh god, years ago like high school like that's why i'm watching that's- it going oh shit i remember that or they'll they'll Dude. you know it starts with another brick in the wall and a shot of a wall yeah. and i'm like oh there's some cask of amontillado that's going to be going on here
2: yeah i mean i've read a fair amount of poe in my life uh but ultimately i think fall of the house of usher is my favorite it is such a mm-hmm. densely layered short story there is yeah. so much going on so i'm always intrigued because if you if you adapt it, do you get something like the I don't know, the American International 1960s Vincent Price version? Or do you actually get something more substantial? It's just a weird, a weird deal.
3: Yeah. So it's like I say, loose adaptation mostly because they have to update it. Yeah, you know, the the hallmarks are there. I'm remembering stuff, certainly. But Edgar Allen Poe for me was always this is this is depth for high school students, you know. It's like once <laughs> once you get out of high school, you go, yeah, okay, I'm going to move on to headier stuff. But when you're in high school, it's like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm littering. <laughs> I don't know,
2: man. I revisited uh, years and years later when I was finishing my degree and uh, did a, a crap ton of Poe uh, cropping up. And I it, it really reinvigorated my appreciation of the man because it's just mm. their stories are so fucked up. And I didn't feel like, yeah, I'm super smart because I get it. It's more so like, holy shit, this is like 19th century just ghost story shit that's just super creepy. It's like, yeah, how yeah, it's just it's an, it's an amazing feat that he could come up with that stuff, but be on the vanguard of sort of that whole thing. You don't my, really consider that too much, but yeah.
3: My my reappreciation of of Poe is, you know, as an old man who's evil. I I I I read it and I go, Yeah, I'd like to fucking do that to somebody. Yeah, that guy, he deserves that shit. <laughs> oh, I do that shit to him, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right?
1: Spe- speaking of evil old men, Loose Adaptations, another brick <laughs> in the wall and Spotify Eric, have you heard the Roger Waters new version of The Dark Side of the Moon yet?
3: Oh no, no. Yeah.
1: Is it so, is it bad? Is it worse? Of course it's worse. Um <laughs> He's he's redone Dark Side. <laughs> And um, he is just talking. He's got like this narration and poetry and shit that he's talking over everything on. And it's the most self-indulgent thing imaginable. Well, and the, waters. the songs don't flow into each other. And he has to sing all of the songs in the low register because he's got no high register. And, and. like, yeah. sure, do that stuff live, but the album... It, it didn't need to be an album. I guess he pissed off his whole audience when he started playing shows of this in London because he spent literally like an hour of the show just reading chapters from his new book. Oh, <laughs> what an kind asshole. kind of like that.
2: Yeah. What? Roger Waters is an asshole. <laughs> I, paid, I paid money for this? No. Uh,
3: God, He. I, I, I think what? There was a Pink Floyd documentary where he did uh, an acoustic version of "Brain Damage" and it was beautiful mm-hmm. because it's just oh, yeah. him in an acoustic and that lower register. It's yeah. like, especially as an older man and considering what that album is about, it makes sense. The whole album the that whole way. Whole album. That I don't way. know
1: that's yeah. what it is and yeah it's it's plotting. he even has the balls to like you know to do um oh for god's sakes i can't think of the name of that the synthesizer thing you know because. oh yeah yeah <laughs> i i cannot think of the name of it all of a sudden um but but just probably any color you like no 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 the one was a little 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 oh oh uh breathe no, the one that follows Breathe, but yeah, that. On the run. On bad. the run. I, On the run. I, I could I was not was get it.
3: Game over a circus site. Gila Liberty gone mad. Canvas and people and towering smoke arches and juggling capsules and catching knives and teamwork and comrades, and it was complicated and exhausting, but we won the
2: day. I just keep waiting for Brian to start singing. I like bikes. I ride a bike, 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 bike. Whatever.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This is a Barrett classic. Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: So yeah, no, it's it's. Good for you I guess Roger Waters now you've got you know your Taylor's version of Dark Side of the Moon or whatever but um everybody really likes the actual one and also yeah. the songs don't flow into each other anymore <laughs> just cuz you know why would you want that from the Dark Side of Anyway, you'll probably love it. Eric's gonna listen to it, and he's gonna come back next week and say, "No,
3: Brian, I really dig it." And <laughs> it's because he's a basic bitch. It's because he's. I'm a, a basic, basic bitch. We have established this. Okay. <laughs> should we? Should Should we uh, no, get to the main yeah, it's show? No, it's yeah. no pink, so yeah, maybe we should. Uh, All right. All right. Uh, That's the fresh Oh, end. my my final thing on House of Usher though. Where did Bruce oh, Greenwood come from that suddenly he's like every it was like ten years ago this actor came out of nowhere and now he's like the paternal uh good guy in everything? What is that? He took over Ronnie Cox work.
2: I mean, sure. Really? Yeah, he has huh. been around for decades. He's been he's been at it for a long time. You just don't ever think about it because he's been there forever. I guess so. Part, yeah. of, the, part of the firmament. <laughs> all right. Well that's all I got there. Okay. That's the press shit. <laughs> Good. Good damn it.
0: Hey there everybody. This is Brian. I'm jumping into the podcast a little bit here to just say, look, we're gonna we're gonna spoil the cabin in the woods. Uh so if you haven't seen it, like go watch it and then come back and listen to us talk about it. I think it's. I mean, it's on one of the streaming services right now. Just Google that, figure it out. You can. It's good. Okay, just watch the cabin in the woods. Come back unspoiled, and then we'll go do the. Spo- drop the spoiler bump. Let's get this over with.
2: This shit is spoiled.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, me. All right, uh, so it's October, uh, therefore we're obligated uh, to do Halloween-themed shows. Yeah. Are we? And sure, yeah. Okay. it's a podcast. Uh it's it's like the rules well, and shit.
2: Y- you couldn't have picked a better one, in my honest opinion, sir.
1: Well, that was kind of it, right? If I I'm going to do whatever, dead teenager movies, like I feel like the absolute best example of the genre is the cabin in the woods.
3: <laughs> right? By, by so that's probably- my the the patron saint of meta, Joss Whedon. I mean, it, it's like you expect it to be meta if he's doing it. I well, mean, don't forget, fair, Drew, Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard. Was, yeah, was, I, was, I mean, don't know. I was thinking of there. it as a Joss Whedon joint. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I mean, Whedon like co-wrote it with him mostly because they wanted to take the piss out of where horror ended up. Uh, yeah, because it was just basically it was their reaction to how everything was turning into torture porn, and he's like, that's just not interesting. So they definitely did that in spades Wheaton is actually the second
1: unit director according to the credits but um, oh wow yeah uh so the cabin in the woods is um it, it follows very closely for for reasons that you know that are meta it follows very closely the template of most 80s slasher films, right? And right you've got these five college kids that are gonna go to this cabin in the woods in the middle of nowhere and they end up finding this basement full of creepy artifacts and they monkey with one and that triggers a whole um monster thing. But during all of this, we are cutting away to uh Richard Jenkins, the the dad from six feet under and some other dude who I don't know his name,
3: rather Uh, than west wing yeah
1: manage this underground uh corporate facility that is responsible for making sure all of these things happen according to the template of an 80s slasher horror film because if they don't the elder gods under the earth will rise
3: up and kill all of humanity (laughs) maybe which is they don't actually which is they don't actually say it's more likely they enslave humanity yeah. or whatever or something <laughs> yeah or whatever. Bad. The world. very bad things happen as as yeah horrible demon gods come out of the earth yeah well, i
2: which... like the fact that it's but it's the the whole thing is you have all of uh all of these different countries doing the same thing they're like covering the bases basically, like whichever one can appease the the deities first uh saves the world so there's like one in like i don't know scandinavia somewhere and there's one in japan and there's the american one and, but they're all tailored differently to whatever the lore of the country is so obviously america's got to be you got to kill the whore first then you got to kill the jock the brain then there's the the, fool. the clown and then the uh the, 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 the final girl is the virgin uh and it doesn't matter if she dies or not so long as she's the last one standing <laughs> it's optional and so they're already just thumbing their nose at all of the tropes that you get from halloween and friday the 13th and literally every 80s movie and that's kind of the template and if if you're aware of these movies going in then you totally are in on the joke from the get-go with this thing and that's what i appreciate it most about it because it just it gives you just enough rope and you're like all right i'm in
3: yeah
2: and they roll for so good time
3: yeah do you ever pick up on um It's like, okay, if you look at this as a a commentary on horror movies, Mm -hmm. the they all have to die in order for, you know, the demon God or whatever to be happy. Just like in a horror movie, they all have to die that way in order for the audience to be happy. So, like, we're the demon God. Yeah. And like, if if we don't get our death, then we like rake it over the coals on the Internet. That that wasn't subtle. The the elder gods are clearly the audience, right? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, that was that was part of their whole deal going in, is that they wanted to do uh a meta take on the slasher film, but they also wanted to kind of talk about the culpability of the audience and the voyeurism involved with it. And I think it hits it when
3: I like it when the artist hates me. That's that's that that's usually good. That's well, I mean, sign. it's sort of
2: like, that's like their percent is like, well, this is everything that's wrong with the slasher genre now, after decades and decades of abuse, and <laughs> you are all to blame, because yeah. you keep watching every slasher film that comes out, day after day after tear day. So, Tears yeah.
1: shreds if we don't do it the way you want us to. <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. In a lot of ways, this this is a commentary on the kind of internet trolling we've seen like in the dc and the star wars fandoms yeah right like right th- those are the elder gods that got pissed off that those franchises were deviating <laughs> from the plan which is funny because those yeah. didn't
3: really exist yet i mean this yeah. was sort of yeah. the 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 thing that got hemsworth thor so like like marvel really had not happened yet yeah and yeah when it did yeah then people were shit all over them
2: yeah well I it's ama- it's weird to read the history of it too because they they tried to get it released and then MGM had some financial troubles so it actually got shelved for like what two years
1: at least because it, it was to, like after Avengers
2: but, yeah because this was, was slated to come out was. in like uh in 2009 but then there was a, some weirdness with the studio and then lionsgate finally picked it up and released it in 2011 and so it languished for a bit yeah uh which is just astonishing when you watch it you're like this is one of the (laughs) one of the better movies i've seen for this particular genre and i don't know how long because it just it's merciless because you get the gore you get the scares you get the humor you get everything it's just it's a nice package
3: it that explains work. a bit because I I had remember hearing that this movie sucked and so I didn't see it for a while and I can't remember why I heard it sucked and now that you say that I think it's because the rumors were that it was unreleasable or something it took right. too long to come out some bullshit like that no it's just some studio
2: nonsense yeah uh, which is too bad because it I think it if it had come out a little earlier it, it maybe would have had a bit more of an impact I mean it still made money. People still went and saw it, but I think it's just one of those that slowly gained some steam, uh, in the cult world. And now it's sort of just you, all the beams about the, like the, the leaderboard that they've got at the the corporate office about, yeah. you know, what, which monster is going to get them, et cetera, et cetera. So that, and that's, so they just make a big sport out of it.
1: That's the great thing. Yeah. They're, they're betting on it. Right. So, like I said, there's a cellar full of artifacts in, in the basement of this, uh, cabin. And depending on which one they interact with that determines their fate and and yes everybody in the office there's a betting pool on who they're gonna pick and that board has stuff on it like angry molesting tree and my favorite (laughs) kevin
2: yeah yeah kevin kevin (laughs) (laughs) whatever and then brett's and bradley whitford's character keeps uh wanting the merman to show up yeah and then richard jack is like have you seen a merman they're horrifying <laughs> and then by the end you know it's like it's like uh uh you know it's going to happen so probably oh, yeah the yeah. character gets gets totally killed by a and, a merman at the and end And so
1: that's the yeah. I mean at this point you yeah, know, I guess whatever spoilers for the cabin in the woods
3: yeah. um you should have seen it by now if we're, should, if if we're somehow, it was spoiler for you
2: you've had you kind of you had suck. 12 years you've had yeah. 12 years
3: um
1: but uh the uh the, our our final girl and the fool, um, they manage to infiltrate the uh, you know the the demonic corporate world you know in a right. sort of cube like elevator where they discover all of the things on that board are are being <laughs> held, and eventually they unleash all of them and all of these monsters just kill the shit out of everybody in the facility for the last
3: uh for the final act and it's it's glorious yeah one thing i love about this film is that you like they set up the the conflict as being you know we have to kill teenagers in you know for the sake of humanity right like Mm -hmm. like in the balance are these these five lives versus the lives of everyone on the planet and in the end it's like yeah no i choose not to be sacrificed i don't fucking care i would rather much rather have agency you know i'd much right. rather have the choice than than to just you know be slaughtered it's like yeah. the the yeah the the choice is never honestly given to the victims you know and i think right. that's why it's it's a satisfying ending it's under any other conditions you be like you a selfish prick you know just 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 take the death you know take one for the team it's all of humanity yeah. you don't want to die for all humanity but it's like no it's because these blithe pricks are like betting on how they'll yeah. die
2: well not <laughs> only that but they they totally take for granted all of the I mean you, it's obviously they've been doing this for a long time in this little underground facility and so everything that could go wrong does go wrong because they just don't account for the sheer assholery of this mm-hmm. little crew, like the the guy that plays the the clown, crons uh is the stoner, and they come to realize that all of the weed counteracts whatever like drugs that they could possibly <laughs> give him to to change his behavior, and so he becomes the loose cannon. Uh, like they can't figure out why he figured out that there was a camera in his room, but it's because he's just super paranoid all the time, <laughs> and he's the one he's sort of the audience standing like breaking it down for. You. He's like, would you notice like why? is uh chris hemsworth character like whatever his name is he's like why is he suddenly like this asshole jock he's like a sociology major he's on an academic scholarship for fuck's sake
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know and why is she a whore i mean so they start breaking down like why are we all acting like such assholes against our will and so yeah. it, it really becomes this very strange sort of sub-commentary on western philosophy like there's a lot of utilitarianism running through this thing so this is just a very elaborate horror movie version of like the the trolley car setup it's like you're gonna kill like one person or you're going to kill everybody. And so by the end, it's like the Gen Xers are just like fucking burn it all down, man.
3: Yeah. That's another thing I like about this movie is that it is actually smarter than the movie you paid to see. (laughs) 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 And that's got to be insulting to some people. Like, wait, what, what the fuck? What happened? What? Yeah. Uh, Well, I I like going,
2: it's like, if this was your first ever uh, horror film, then you would have no clue that it was just a giant slap in the face to everything that had that, come before that's true you kind of have to have watched a bunch of i mean these days yeah. for it to work you have to be on the joke because i mean they start with the kids and it's all they like lay out all the archetypes you know jock horror goof virgin smart guy uh and then they get him in the vehicle and they get him to the cabin but before no, they no, do the cabin, first they get him yeah, to the harbinger. To the harbinger, <laughs> wasn't it Mordecai? Mordecai, and he's just this, like crazy motherfucker. And so you yeah. get that phone conversation between him and Bradley Whitford at the office, and they keep him on speakerphone, and he doesn't realize it. And so they're like <laughs> laughing at him. I mean, it's just little shit like that through the entire but he's, thing.
1: Yeah, because he really is crazy because he knows about the elder gods, and he's just like, and yeah. the
2: elder gods shall bring
1: their wrath upon Blah, the world. And I, am I on speakerphone?
2: yeah uh but it it definitely presages a lot of the stuff that we see in stuff like Rick and Morty almost oh yeah totally it's like here's here's your genre mashup and we're just gonna turn it to 11. I mean it's it's that kind of vibe and it works really well I I didn't see it for a couple years after it was released and I was very pleasantly surprised by
3: what I saw uh it was just fun it's one of the things that uh, Scream did well, which, mm-hmm. which was to call out the shortcomings of its own genre, right? Right, right. I mean, that's, well, that's where, kind where of is, what they're willing to do.
2: Well, where Scream, I think, had the extra boost was it's Wes Craven just basically dismantling his entire filmography more or less in front of your eyes. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of what uh, these guys are doing. I mean, you've got Goddard and Whedon sort of just dismantling. And they wrote the script in like three days if I remember correctly from what I read so it's like holy shit it's like these guys watched a lot of fucking movies and they just managed to, to find all of the story beats and put them in the right spot but you know it's it's right for the picking like this would put me in mind to watch uh Tucker and Dale versus evil again because mm. it's the same vibe where they take that just trope that you know so well because you've seen all the movies and they just turn it on its head in such a fun way that it's just it's interesting again I don't know how else to explain it but uh but man the jokes maybe, just keep
3: flying you made me think of that uh um Freddy Krueger thing from uh Bitch. where you just keep saying Bitch. <laughs> in in
2: oh oh Rick and Morty yeah. Rick and Morty the, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, the bitch supercut.
3: I told bitch, you not bitch, to take bitch. that home.
2: Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I mean I'd, Yeah, but I mean I like that they've got the leaderboard and they're all taking bets. And then mm. they read the Latin incantation. And so it's and, and they just take the piss out of every scenario. Because it starts out so well. It's Evil Dead 2. I mean, he even like uh Crib's The shot where it's just Mm -hmm. that low dolly into the cabin, and it Mm -hmm. literally looks like the same cabin from Evil Dead Two. And I just, when I first saw the movie, I'm like, okay, totally get you, man. I'm I'm behind you 100 here, fella. And then they start just breaking it all apart. But you get the the basement full of shit, and you've got like the the cenobite thing from uh, Hellraiser. You've got like the the film cans in the back that are probably snuff films. You get all of that, and then the girl starts reading the book. And they get to latin The <laughs> one guy's like it's latin yeah definitely don't read it if it's in latin and yet they <laughs> do uh and then that starts the whole thing and then when they're doing the whole bit where it's like i we all need to stick together because it's what they say in every one of these movies and like yeah, yeah and then they end up not doing it and then they blast him with the drug through the air vent and then he's like no maybe we should split up and cover more ground that way yeah <laughs> and the stoner guy's like seriously really so it's just stuff like that where it's you know they're gonna do it and you're just staring at the screen going oh you fuckwits have you not seen this movie before (laughs) apparently
3: yeah i gotta say that's the 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 commentary on horror films is a fun part of it but i also really like the idea of all of these people have been the sacrifice the 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 sort of the the actual sacrifice itself has been drained from it they're they don't care anymore and there's something just sort of right about that that we don't care about the people sacrificing for us after a while well
2: well I think a lot of it's also a very good commentary in a very uh subtle sort of way about just how desensitized we've all become from 24 7 news it's Mm -hmm. like you see like like with the shit going on in gaza i mean you see it but a part of you is just like whatever because you just you've seen so much of it and so when allegedly the stoner guy was the last to die they figured they've won and so they're celebrating and they're all in there you know drinking it up and having goofy office party and like all these subtle things going suddenly it's just an office comedy like the mm-hmm. guy trying to pick up his colleague and this and that meanwhile in the background the final girl's getting her ass kicked on that dock mm-hmm. by the mm-hmm. zombie guy and they're just totally ignoring it and they're not recognizing what else is going on and it's just mm-hmm. holy shit! it's like have you become so desensitized to all of it that that's just not on your radar right now I mean it's just stuff like that that you watch it you're like holy shit. yeah so welcome to it's the 24 a- 7 cable news channel
3: Yeah, it's like you're you've become like horrible enough you don't deserve to be saved right right so it's
2: good and then when uh richard jenkins gets stabbed in the hall by the girl because he's trying to (laughs) he's trying to find them all and he just runs right into her her knife and he's (laughs) trying to warn them off and then to no avail and then sigourney weaver just shows up out of nowhere as the director uh to try and tell him hey you can either save yourself or you can save the world. What's it going to be? <laughs> not yeah. counting on the fact that these kids are just fuck you. I don't care. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the part. That's what I mean. It's like you know, you save, save. It's not you know, save yourself or save the world as much as save yourselves or save me. You know, the right. asshole who's been like fucking with you this whole time. It's like no, I right. think actually I would pay to see you die. You know, that would <laughs> that would be fine. Yeah, fuck yeah. you
2: ah uh, but it's they do a lot of fun stuff with it and yeah. i like the fact that they they pepper it with uh just like the the standard soundtrack for one of these things just pick the songs that are kind of of the time but not of the time oh that's right uh, it actually
1: just, does have a fair number of drops doesn't
2: it yeah neil i mean and for no reason other than it's a it's a 2000 something movie and we just need some songs in there just to make it jazzy <laughs> uh
1: yeah I you, I, I don't you, know there's a
2: lot more to say about <laughs> the cabin in I the mean woods. I mean if you've if you've seen any of these movies at any point in time then this is the movie that is made specifically for you yes and it and it works because like Drew Goddard also wrote uh uh oh, what was the other one with the big giant uh monster yeah. Cloverfield. He wrote Cloverfield, yeah. which was supposed to be an interesting take on the Godzilla thing. But I just did not. I don't care about anything that goes on in that movie at all. I just the, the found footage thing doesn't do it for me. Yeah. All the characters are insufferable. It's just eh, get
3: on with it. Whereas this yeah. one, it totally nails it. You know what I mean? I think also having to listen to T.J. Miller for an hour and a half is more than anyone should have to bear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's true. That's true. But Uh, yeah,
3: I I think this is kind of the last Gen X movie. Think about it. It's like after this, you know, the 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 sort of meta conceptual entertainment is just basic. It's just another thing. This is the last time where it's like we're gonna take your art and we're gonna pull it inside out for you.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Weird Al movie was kind of like that in a way. Yeah, true.
3: Yeah, there's, there's almost retro stuff,
2: But yeah, yeah, I mean the
1: the Spider Verse cartoons are kind of in that direction as well. Yeah. But
3: yeah. But yeah, still all of that feels like a way of saying, Don't worry, your parents will like this too.
2: <laughs> well, for me, it's like I'm not a I'm a I'm not a giant horror movie fan. I've seen, you know, enough of the the basic stuff to have a baseline. And so yeah. this movie really worked for me on that level because I didn't really need to know all of the intricacies of every single sequel to every franchise but i've seen enough of the baseline ones that they're referencing here to where it made it perfectly fine and i can follow along you know because it's like at some point it's a zombie movie then it's a monster movie they got a werewolf in there at some point but there's also the slasher thing the creepy ghost cabin in the woods blah 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 so they hit all of <laughs> all of the points and managed to just mush them all together into this yeah. delectable bonbon bon. i don't know when how i they f- did it
1: when i first saw it i saw it at the dollar theater and so i saw it with an audience and um nice. the biggest laugh this movie gets and i think i think the people were primed for it because i can't believe this many people laughed at this but um, the biggest laugh the movie gets is the way that it makes fun of jump scares because the f- the first and biggest jump scare is the opening title card, which just comes yeah. out of goddamn nowhere. Like you're just in the middle of a uh, shot, and then all of a sudden, boom! The cabin in the woods with this really loud music sting, <laughs> and and the audience like just cracked up at that because it was just the dumbest. Well, thing. They knew, <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, it's such an odd way to start your movie because it's basically just two office schlubs uh talking about stuff before they have to clock in so it's almost like that that uh warner brothers cartoon with the sheepdog and the right and the and the wolf or whatever and so they're just having their convo and then it's so banal and then it's like pepper and stuff about you know the demons and this and that uh and that's when they like get that bright red letter just cabin in the woods and then they start the movie proper (laughs) it's such a jarring beginning but it really sets the tone it's like well this is not The movie you think you got sold
3: because if you look at
2: the trailer it's literally like evil
3: dead part five and it's so not that i'll say i the reason i like this movie personally is that i love horror movies but i hate the cliche manner of horror movies like all the ones they're commenting on i fucking hate i can't watch friday the 13th movies i think they're stupid Mm -hmm. they're not scary they're just they're the same thing repackaged over and over and over again so right. I like that this is actually doing something original with something completely unoriginal. I mean, Indeed. yeah, they they do manage to get some of it. But I mean, it's one of those where you watch it. And you're just like, okay,
2: they're cribbing off this. And yeah. that's a crib off that. <laughs> and that's a reference to this. And so you can start just doing the scorecard. And I think that that's, that's a fun way to do it because it it, it kind of draws in oh, like the the skeptics, makes, as it were.
1: It makes you feel smart too right yeah, like yeah, you, exactly you're clever because exactly. you're you're in on the joke
3: and you see it coming right yeah if which if, is probably well, another gen x uh, uh thing about it <laughs> we love to feel smart and so like pat ourselves in the yeah. back for fucking everything
2: well i mean you know as people go for who should have made this i mean drew goddard is probably the best choice just because of his his resume i mean he he wrote the script for the martian which is one of the best novel adaptations I've seen in forever uh, War, War Z you could give take her
3: leave uh not his all fault we can say yeah that that, yeah. that had too many cooks in the kitchen yeah
2: but the fact that he I forgot that he did the the first run Daredevil show with Charlie Cox uh all those years ago oh. and oh, was uh, that him yeah and um. and he, I think he had pitched doing a Daredevil movie uh back in the day and they said no because it they didn't because Marvel didn't want to you know do a a mid-budget movie that's just not in their DNA God
1: did you see that Marvel pulled the plug on the Daredevil series
3: yeah yeah I mean good yeah well it's because they're backing out of uh Disney Plus I think they're like they're gonna like clean up a lot of their Marvel shit and right yeah
1: well, what they were yeah. saying is that they need to run it like a TV show with a showrunner who's actually thinking about it and not make a six-hour-long movie that no, you know what I mean? And okay, yeah, right. great. So they're taking well, I mean, advantage of the that strike, regard, stopping production.
2: Well, I mean, in that regard, you know that I think Goddard knew what he was doing because he said, you yeah. know, we we could have done in, done this as an R-rated movie, but it's more interesting to make it a TV show and kind of spread it out a little bit and make it more interesting. <laughs> and so, I I you, so know, you have he gets that hallway fight
3: that that show is all about that hallway fight i i think that is yeah, the most yeah. genius shit i've ever seen
2: <laughs> it was pretty good it was pretty good but then you get uh i don't know it's just i'm glad they're not thinking about any sort of sequel to cabin in the woods like i don't know how they were. would
3: to begin with but god really they were but it. they gave up on it there was Please.
1: a plan that no leave Ugh. it alone it's it's sort of the last horror movie it's you don't need to make another any of these <laughs> well the shit. commentary I mean, then
3: would be on the number of sequels to horror movies of course Yeah, so it's like yes they has got
1: that under control yeah. Uh,
2: yeah yeah but i mean they they did that much better with gremlins 2 than anything else i think that's <laughs> yes. like the ultimate ultimate uh commentary on horror sequels and shit i mean it's so you've got that and then you get this which is the ultimate commentary on just horror tropes uh etc for slasher yeah. films so it's i guess there's always something right for reinterpretation but uh, well if you're gen uh, x and you want to be part
1: of an exclusive group so that you can look down your nose at everybody else you should subscribe <laughs> to the magnificently <laughs> huge podcast because right? you'll be among an elite group and you can tell your friends about it on social media because you're yeah. awesome and they suck uh, and we'll yeah. let you
3: listen to it because yeah. we think you're probably cool <laughs> if if yeah. you rate the movie on iTunes if. yeah 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 don't be yeah. a dick
1: yeah and then you can you can you can email our secret society at magnificently at gmail.com or if you're basic you can go to our website MagHuge.com m a g h u g e.com com and you can find us on all the socials and
3: do it that way but be cool and if you have a psl we won't judge i won't (laughs) what's a psl (laughs) really yeah Yeah, really 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 that is oh pumpkin spice latte oh oh join the 21st century dick jesus